0: According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the Gospel. We are commanded to defend the Word of God the context of the Word of God, and the purity of the Word of God. This is the Defender of the Word of God. Good evening,
1: good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is Wednesday, October the 4th, 2017. And we want to get right into our broadcast tonight. Of course, you know if you were with us last week, we delve into a deep, deep topic dealing with Betrayal before that and then dealing with the spirit of envy, the spirit of jealousy. And we basically are talking about the enemies of your success. So we want to continue with that tonight. First of all, I want to say thank you to the Resilient Christian Radio broadcast for allowing us this time to come on the air. And thank you, listening audience, family and friends who tune in with us every Wednesday, so that we can hear from the Word of God and grow thereby. Now tonight we're going to continue in our study of the life of Joseph. And we're talking about this because it is paramount and is so indicative of what we are going through right now in this day and time. God is always wanting to express the issues that are affecting the church life and how we as believers can be overcomers in his kingdom so tonight we're gonna open up of course with the word of prayer we prayed all last week and just got right to it before we started the broadcast and we didn't do that so let's do that tonight of course so we can allow God to come in and do what he wants to do and enlighten us can we do that together let's pray father we thank you for this evening thank you for the broadcast thank you for the listening audience we ask to be cleansed God that our mind can be washed free of everything that would try to entrap us And try to hold us. We thank you right now, Father, that you are allowing your word to come forward and speak to us in a powerful way. We have to be forgiven of our sins and our trespasses and ask to be made anew, washed clean with your sacrifice, God. And we give you all the glory for it, all the praise. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in the book of Genesis still. The title of our broadcast tonight is called The Enemies of Success, The Psychology of the Prosperous, Part 2. I'm going to repeat that for those that wasn't with us last week. It is called The Enemies of Success, The Psychology of the Prosperous, Part 2. All right, so we're going to get, we're going right here into the book of Genesis. We're at chapter 39. Now, we need to make some definitive uh, declarations here about success and about psychology. I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. Basically, psychology, from one definition we have, is the scientific study of the human mind and its functions, especially those things affecting behavior. So you can have a person that has a certain psychology is talking about their mindset. It's talking about their mental processes, about the way that they think. It's dealing with their persona or their attitude. Now, if we're talking about success, success is usually talking about the outcome or the result of something. It's also speaking about the degree or measure of succeeding, a favorable or desired outcome. It can talk about the attainment of wealth, favor, or eminence. So there's a certain dynamic when we're dealing with psychology and we're dealing with success. And here we're finding out what is the enemy of our success. Why are we not prospering in the things that we're supposed to be prospering in? In order to do that, we got to take personal inventory of our own life. I have to look at my life, I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, James, what is it that you're doing or that you're not doing? What is it that's going on internally in your heart that is keeping you from the things that God wants in your life? And so these things that we're talking about are things that I have experienced personally as I'm sure that many of you have. So let's get into this word. Can we do that? Amen. Let's turn to the book of Genesis chapter 39. We left off at at chapter 37, and of course 38 followed that, but 38 dealt with one of the brothers, uh, talked about Judah and this whole story about how he went and he got himself, uh, he had two twins, and he had them by a harlot. And he used trickery and deceit, and he basically succumbed to the spirit of lust, and it took him To a place where he didn't want to be. And it basically divulged something that was innate in his character. But now we're talking about Joseph steel. So here we come. We're skipping that part and going right to the selling of Joseph. That's where we left off, is when they sold Joseph. And we was at the end of chapter thirty seven. And that spoke about when Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites. And he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. So this picks right back up into this same story. So let's go on into chapter 39. Can we do that? All right, turn in your Bible. I'm going to give you time. We'll go to chapter 39. It's in the book of Genesis. And we are speaking about the life of Joseph. Once again, our title tonight is called The Enemies of Success with a subtitle of The Psychology of the Prosperous. All right, so are you there? Are we together? Okay, let's start at verse 1 in chapter 39. Let's read together. Can we do that? Let's read. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, An officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. So basically, Joseph was sold. He was sold to the Ishmaelites. The Midianites passed by. They got him up out the the well. They sold him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites then brought him down to Potiphar. Who was a captain of the guard. Now, we got to look at this. He didn't get sold to somebody that was insignificant. And why is that? Because something very powerful was on Joseph's life, even though he was being sold as merchandise. Remember, Joseph is a dreamer, he carries a dream. And his dreams are very powerful, and they are a manifestation of what God is doing in his life. So, He was sold to an officer of Pharaoh. He was sold to somebody that was in authority. Even though he was rendered as a slave, he was sold to somebody in authority. So let's read on. Verse 2 says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Did you get that? Here is a man that's been sold by his brothers. Or oh, he's, been, he's been betrayed by his brothers. He was hated by his brothers. He was envied by his brothers. He was thrown into a pit without any provision because there was no water there. And then he was raised up out of the pit by somebody that passed through. And then he was sold as merchandise. And even doing all of that... It says here in verse 2 that, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. That should tell you and me, ladies and gentlemen, that sometimes our circumstance or situations in the natural does not necessarily mean that God is not with us or that we are not prosperous people. Did you get that? Now, that's a, that should set somebody free right there. That should set somebody free right there. Because even though he was sold as merchandise, even though he was hated, envied, despised, even though his coat of colors was stripped off of him, somebody tried to strip his anointing off of him, it says that the Lord was with Joseph. So even though things may happen to you in the natural People may come against you in the natural. They may try to strip stuff off of you in the natural. If God has placed a a certain degree or an amount of favor on your life, there is nothing that an individual can do to take that favor or take that anointing away from you. If God has given it to you, He's given it to you to manage it and manage it well. So here we say, Joseph was prosperous. That's what the Bible says. Did you read that? That's what I read. It said in Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Then it says here that he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So here was Joseph. He was in the house of his master, which was an Egyptian. Even though he was sold as merchandise, he was still set up in a place of authority. Now what does verse 3 say? Verse 3 says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now you got to think about this. Think about this very deeply. Here is a man that was sold as merchandise. He belongs to another individual who has authority over him. But even the man that had authority over him saw that the Lord was with him. Now, that should be encouraging to you and me to say that even though we may be in a situation or circumstance where it seems like we have been uh, given over to a certain uh, position or a certain person that has a certain authority. They can see, even they can see, even in the natural, that God is still with you. Because it says his master saw that. And he saw that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So everything that Joseph touched was prosperous. That should be very encouraging for you and me. Let's read on to verse 4. That's my phone going off there. Alright, verse 4. So here we go. It says, and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. You see that? Joseph found grace in the sight of his master, and he served him. It says, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. Now, this is favor on the life of this man named Joseph. This is favor on the life of the person who was the dreamer, who was the one who saw things and was bold enough to speak things, even though he spoke them out out of his adolescence because he was young, and he spoke them to those to where it was not received. But here... We find that he became overseer over his house. So that should be encouraging for you and me to mean that if the Lord is with you, he will make people have grace towards you. But a key word in here says that and he served him, which means that even though Joseph was in this predicament, he still served his master. He still was on time. He still obeyed uh, the protocols and the precepts. He still served with the spirit of excellency. Did you get that? So it says, verse 5, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Now, that is incredible. Do you see that? Do you see that? Here is a man that was sold as a slave. He was sold as merchandise, but he's in the house of a man that's his overseer, And it said that the Lord blessed the master. He blessed the Egyptian's house. Why did he bless the Egyptian's house? It says he blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. That should be encouraging again to you and me. What does that tell me as a believer? It means that if God has favor on my life, That wherever I go, it should be an added blessing to that environment. Did you get that? If you are a believer and if God has commissioned you and given you a certain amount of grace and favor over your life, wherever your foot should go, it should bring the blessing of the Lord upon that place. Because here it says he did it for Joseph's sake. Now Joseph was As a prisoner, he was as a a slave unto this man at this time. But he still blessed that man because Joseph was in there. That should tell you and me that wherever we are, wherever our offspring are, if we have taught them the things of God, if they have the spirit of the living God living in them, then the place should be blessed. Everywhere you go, there should be a blessing that follows where you are. Even though people may not be in a place to receive it, it should be a blessing. Because blessings are firstly spiritual before they are physical. Did you get that? Blessings are first spiritual before they are physical. And many times we have it backwards. And many people in the world look at it that way. They want the blessing to materialize physically, but it's always spiritual first. Because the Word of God says that He has blessed us With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means that we got to be in Christ to receive the heavenly blessings. Amen. Alright, so let's go on. Let's get into it a little bit more. Verse 6 says, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught that he had. Saved the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. This is extremely powerful. Look at this. The master did not know his assets. Did you see that? It says he didn't know what he had. Can you believe that? That's basically telling us that we are in the company and the CEO doesn't even know his portfolio. He doesn't know all of his, his investments. He doesn't know what his bottom line is. He doesn't know all of the treasures that he has. And why doesn't he know it? Because he has given it all over unto the well-favored man of God, the well-favored woman of God. He's given it over to the individual that has direct relationship with God and that he knows that God is with. Now, that's extremely powerful. You don't just hand over your stuff to anybody. Would you agree with that? I'm not just going to give my stuff over to anybody. I'm not going to entrust things that I've worked hard for over to anybody. I'm not just going to relegate or delegate authority over to someone that I have no clue about. I have no history on him. Now, look at this. Joseph is a servant. He was sold to him. All right, He was sold to the man, but the presence of God was so powerful on Joseph's life that the man said, I don't care if I bought him for 20 pieces of silver. That doesn't matter. What matters is I see the power of God on this man and everything that he touches prospers. Now, yeah, I may have rights over him in the natural, but everything that he touches, it prospers. Do you see that? Because he didn't know what he had. He gave it all over to Joseph's charge. That only comes with trust. And that trust only comes because the presence of God is so present in the life of an individual who is a believer. And that individual, ladies and gentlemen, can be you. And it can be me. So let's look on a bit further. It says in verse 7, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. Now here it is. Joseph has been blessed to be in this position. He has everything. And then here is the wife of the master that has looked upon him and said, lie with me. Verse 8 says, But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, what if not what is with me in the house? He basically don't know. That's what he's saying. He don't know what's with me in the house, but he has committed all that he has unto my hand. Verse 9, he says, There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because why? Because you're his wife. And then, can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, this is very powerful. And I know you've heard this spoken about, preached about, in all different kind of ways. And the truth of the matter is that there was this master's wife that wanted to come and lie with Joseph. But I want you to look a little bit deep at this. Promotion has come to the life of Joseph. And God's hand is with Joseph. So we must understand that anytime time that God blesses us, there's always going to be a counteractivity to try to come against that blessing that God has presented unto us. So here we see Joseph was a goodly person. He was well favored. Now, why would this happen at this instance? It did not happen sooner. It happened once he came into a position of authority. And this is what happened to a lot of men, a lot of women, a lot of people of God. They get in positions where they got a certain amount of authority. They can delegate authority. They can delegate to people things that they need to do. They have a certain amount of prominence or preeminence in their life. And then here comes the enemy. So I want you to look at this. The master's wife is saying, lie with me. So if we look at this truly, not only was it the master's wife that was saying lie with me, this was the instigation of Satan himself. Basically, what was taking place is the enemy of God and your and my enemy was saying to Joseph. This was a spirit that was in the man's wife and this spirit was spawned from the enemy himself. He wanted Joseph to become one with him. Did you get that? I want you to see that. Not only was it just laying down in the act of uh, committing an, uh, uh, an adulterous affair, but the enemy was trying to win Joseph and to get him to become one with him. Do you see that? Because she said, lie with me. Now, anytime that takes place, you know that the two become one. So the enemy is wanting him not only to do something great, some great wickedness, but he wanted him to become one with him. Why? Because he saw that Joseph was in a place of authority. See, power is one thing, but authority is another thing altogether. And Joseph was a man of authority. So I want you to look at that and you can just say, instead of saying the wife cast his eyes, you can look and just say, he is the devil that cast his eyes on Joseph. And the devil said, come and be one with me. Did you get that? So let's read on. It says, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, we just read that, I got all things. The only thing he's kept back from me is you because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now notice. This gives you insight into the mind, into the spirit of the man Joseph. His first response was that I am not going to sin against God. He went past the natural relationship. He didn't say, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against my master? He didn't say that. He did not say that at all. He did not say, how can I do this great sin and sin against my people or who I'm in authority. He did not say any of that. He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Why? Because Joseph had been taught from an early age how to honor God. And so in this place, he was saying, I'm not going to sin against God. Why? Joseph knew that this was a spirit that was seeking to become one with him. Did you get that? Joseph knew that. See, he went straight from the natural. He bypassed the natural, and he went right into the depth of it. He went right into the spirit that was operating behind it because he said, I can't sin against God. So that was his spirit speaking out at this place. Did you get that? All right, let's go on. Verse 10, so it says, Then it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie with her, or to be with her. Now that's two things right there all together. You see that? Two things all together. Basically saying, here is the enemy. The enemy is talking to Joseph every day. Every day. For you and me. When we are walking with God, we'll hear a voice that will try to speak to us daily, that tries to draw us away from our covenant with God. Did you get that? So he's, he's not hearkening unto this voice. What does the voice want to do? It's wanting, the, the wife was wanting him to lie with her, become one with her. Then it says, or to be with her. So not only want to to become one with her, but to be in her company, be in her midst. Here is this serpentine spirit that wants Joseph to become one with him and wanting Joseph to be in its environment. Did you get that? Amen. Let's go on. It says, so it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. I never looked at this before like this, but this is very key. It says that none of the men of the house was there. Many a times when we fall is because we do not have accountability or those that stand with us to be guards and protectors of our anointing. Did you get that? Wow. It's it, you know, there was none of the men of the house that so he was alone. So when the enemy can get you by yourself is when he will strike the hardest. Did you get that? If the enemy can ostracize you and get you in a place where you're by yourself, that's when he strikes the hardest. So it says, none of the men was in the house there with him. And then verse 12, it says, and she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. Did you get that? It says, she caught him. So here is this spirit. The enemy is reaching out to Joseph And trying to get Joseph to become one with him. So, this spirit reached out in the person of the wife of the officer and caught him by his garment. Caught him by what he was identified with. We talked about garments in our last broadcast dealing with Christ and how his garment, how he took off his garment in the broadcast before when he was washing his disciples' feet. Garment signifying his virtues and his attributes. So she caught him by his garment. She couldn't get him. The enemy did not get him. But the enemy got a piece of him in the person or in the in the person or the, the presence of what was left in his hand. And I'm saying his because I'm talking about the spirit that was behind it. And fled and got him out. Alright, so it says 13. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth. Basically, Joseph ran. It said he fled. He ran out of the house. She caught his garment and he ran out of the house. So when she saw, because I want you to look at this, this is this spirit seeing that he's left the garment in her hand, and was fled, what did she do? She called unto the men of her house. That's the first thing. Now remember, the men were not in there. So people that's supposed to be on post got to be on post. The men were not in there, and that's how he got attacked in the first place. It says, then she called unto the men of her house, and spake unto them. Now she's got them in there. Now she's getting ready to spread this lie. So if the enemy can't get you, he gets something that represents you, and then he will begin to spread his rumors and his lies and begin to accuse. Remember, the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. So what did she do? It said that she called unto the men of her house and spoke unto them saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. She didn't say she, he brought in Joseph. She didn't call him by name. She called him by nationality. Because remember, he's in Israel. So now it becomes a point of nations. Now it becomes a point of identity of who is who. Because she said, here's this Hebrew. You brought him into our way of life. You brought this Hebrew. You brought this Israelite into our way of life. We are Egyptians, so we're living high. We're living mighty. We're living in the finest of the fine things. We're living because we are of the world. So you brought in this Israelite, this alien unto us to mock us. That's what she said. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cry with a loud voice. So there she is lying. So there is the enemy again. Reversing what happened, totally telling a lie, spreading the rumor, because he didn't hearken. The enemy was the one through her that wanted to come one with Joseph. But he says to the, she says to the men that he came in and to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, lying. Verse fifteen. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. So basically there is this spirit speaking through this woman saying that I lifted up my voice and cried. He left his garment and then he ran. And so she laid up his garment by her until the Lord came home. Now look at that. This thing, this spirit is wicked and trying to set up accusation because she took the garment and she laid up the garment right by her. The enemy will always try to take something that belongs to you and keep it close to him so he can bring an accusation against you. Did you get that? I pray you got that. Verse 17 says, And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. Now she's lying to her husband. She's lying to the one that she is supposed to be one with. This is the spirit in operation. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, when she spoke unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Now remember, we talked about wrath in the last broadcast. And it said, Wrath is cruel. Remember that? Wrath is cruel. Now it says his wrath was kindled. That means that his wrath had got a fire lit to it. And that would do the same thing to anybody. It'd do the same thing to me. Here was somebody trying to mock my wife. I'm going to feel the same way. His wrath was kindled. So verse 20 says And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison. So you got to look at this. Here is a man that's favored of God. Here's a man that's dreaming the dreams of God. Here's a man that not only has he been uh, betrayed by his own brethren and soul, now he's had accusations heaped upon him. Somebody has lied on him. And taking him from the position of having everything under his management in the house where he was in. And now he's been put into the prison. But I want you to look at verse 21. Because this is a powerful part. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Hallelujah. Now, that should be exciting news for you and me. Now they have debased him down to the actual prison. But even going to the prison, it said that the Lord was still with Joseph. So that should be good news for you and me. That no matter where we may find ourselves, no matter how many times the enemy shall strike, there is the Lord that is always with us. It said that he showed him mercy and still gave him favor. He got favor with who? The keeper of the prison. So there is that position. Let's understand this. If God has given you a mantle of authority, if he's given you a, a mantle of administration, of government, then there is nobody or nothing that's going to stop that because wherever you go, it's going to manifest itself. Did you get that? No matter where you go, it's going to show up. Because now he's got favor in the sight of the person that's in charge. Look at Joseph's life. Everybody up until now that has been in charge has shown him favor. The ones that can make decisions. The ones that got keys. You see, you working in that company and the person that got keys to the building all of a sudden give you the keys. Did you get that? You didn't think that you was worthy to receive the keys. You didn't think that you had the position to get what you're supposed to get. But all of a sudden, because the favor of God is on your life, somebody in a position of authority comes and gives you access to regions, to realms, and to dimensions that you were not privy to before. That's good news for somebody. Let's read on to verse twenty two. It says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand, all the prisoners that were in the prison. Joseph is unstoppable. Did you hear that? He is unstoppable. So that's the same for you and me. We are unstoppable. When we are committed unto God, it doesn't matter where we find ourselves. We are unstoppable. It says the keeper of the prison. What did he do? He gave everything over to Joseph. Again, here it is. Now he's in charge of all of the prisons. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. He basically could not get past the anointing, the favor, the the power, what God had blessed him with. It was going to stay on his life. So let's understand that. If God has put something on your life, it's on your life for a specific purpose. And no man, woman, child... Government, whatever, is going to be able to strip you of what God has put in your spirit to do. The only one that can forfeit that would be you. The only one that can forfeit that in my life would be me. Did you get that? Alright? So now he's got everything up on his hand, even in the prison. Now it says, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Because the Lord Was with him? And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. We could call this broadcast, The Lord Made It Prosper. Did you get that? Whatever we do, when we're right with God, the Lord will make it prosper. No matter how small, or no matter how large, or no matter what capacity it may be in, the Lord will make it prosper. So that should be good news to somebody. That should be, incredible news to somebody let's read on a bit further now we're going over into verse or chapter 40 are you still tracking with me we're gonna do this verse here a couple more verses and see what the Lord would deal with us with okay so it says and it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord the king of Egypt alright there's a butler and a baker and the king of Egypt. Now we're dealing with the king. You understand that? Now we're dealing with the king. We went from a person that was under the king, as Potiphar was, he was an officer in the guard of the king, and then Joseph now has been put up under the keeper of the prison. So here was some more governmental delegated authority that he was up under. But now we're talking about somebody that's in service to the king. So we went up to a higher level. First it was the officer. Then it was the keeper of the prison. Now we're talking about the whole king of Egypt. And it says the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker offended the king. Verse 2, and Pharaoh was wroth. There's that word, another word for wrath. He was angry. He was wrathful against these two, two of his officers. He was angry against the chief of the butlers and the chief of the bakers. So he was upset with those that was in leadership in his command. That's basically what it's saying. It says, and he put them in war in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison. So these two people that were delegated authorities, Was put into the prison and it was put into the same place where this Hebrew, this dreamer of dreams named Joseph was bound. Did you get that? So it says, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And what did Joseph do? It says, and he served them. And they continued a season in war. Now that's very powerful. Here is Joseph now dealing with people that are in direct proximity to the king of the whole land of Egypt. And the captain of the guard gave Joseph the charge and said, you got to look after them. And what did Joseph do? It says, he served them. Do you understand this? Serving those who has been commissioned under our hand, will bring the greatest promotion that you will ever see in your life. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. Serving those that have been put into our command will bring us into the greatest level of promotion that we'll ever see in our life. So, here we go. Verse 5 says, And they dream a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold they were sad. Verse 7. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his lord's house saying wherefore look ye so sadly today? So he's basically asking them. He's asking Pharaoh's officers. He's basically saying, why, are, why is your countenance down? Why are you looking so sad? Because Joseph is serving them, so he's aware of their countenance on a day-to-day basis. So he's inquiring of them. And he said unto them, they said unto Joseph at this time, they said, listen, we have dreamed a dream. And there is no interpreter of it. And then what did Joseph say? And Joseph said it to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. So first we have Joseph as sharing his dream. His dream was despised by his brother. But his dream was kept In the heart of his father. Now he has progressed on in his life and he is in a prison. He's in a situation but he still has the mind of a servant. Now he was just dreaming dreams before. But now we're going to take a turn because it says, do not interpretations belong to God. So Joseph asked the men to tell them the dream. And he referred that these dreams would be interpreted because God is the one that interprets the dream. So I submit to you, family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, that if you have a dream and have dreamed a dream and that dream is significant to your life or to what the course of your life is going to take, the interpretation belongs to God. So make sure that that's the first place that you go to have the dreams that you have interpreted. We will pick up with this again. We're still talking about the enemies of success. And we're dealing with the psychology of the prosperous. We'll pick this up again on our next broadcast, dealing with the interpretation of dreams. My name is James Fox. This is The Defender. We are on every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I pray that you have been enlightened and that you have been blessed. We will see you again next time. Have a great evening. God bless.
0: The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inherent and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give His counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyright by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.